And so maybe just to step into that role and bridge the gap between, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And here's a path where you might find satisfaction. And so we work hard to bring that together and to bring young people who've got challenges, early life challenges, abuse, neglect, uh, the pandemic, right? I mean, they lost two critical years of social and emotional learning and also kind of um, self-advocacy and self-direction more now than ever before. There's a need for a program that doesn't base it on your academic standing. It doesn't base it on anything other than the desire that you have and the need that you have to make a way in this life for yourself. And if we can put them on the path, not just to a career that pays them money, but also to the skills that they need that will help to serve them as a human being in the world, communication skills, relationship skills, self-advocacy, every aspect of that engaging in life in a way that's self-confident and self-directed. I want young people to, to believe they have the ability, regardless of their upbringing, regardless of their circumstances. They believe in themselves and their ability to start a career. And that's what we're all about. And we have seen it in our, the cohorts that we have graduated and in the students that are in careers making fifty dollars and $60,000 a year have happened as a result of this program. Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now your host, Keith Williams. Welcome to the Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 118. I am your host, Keith Williams. Thank you for tuning in. And today's show, we're talking all about an organization that is providing training for people who wish to pursue a career in construction. So if you're interested in construction, you will definitely want to listen to this podcast. I have a great guest that is going to share some amazing wisdom and processing system on how to get in this profession. Today's guest was born in San Jose, California, raised in Hillsboro, Oregon. My guest is passionate about working with teens and young adults. My guest spent 30 years in the corporate world, has a degree in theology, and started on her master's in adolescent psychology. My guest is also a certified youth wellness specialist and career development coach. You see a theme here. She likes to work with uh, young people. As a co-founder of Fortitude Careers, my guest is responsible for marketing, fundraising, and teaching life and mastery course. My guest enjoys traveling in her free time, and she spent three months in the jungles of Papuna. Uh, I'm probably butchering this. Papuna, New Guinea. During her free time, she likes to play with her pup and get together with her friends. Please welcome Nicole Davis to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Nicole, how are you today? Hey, Keith. Thanks for having me. Doing great. Thanks. My pleasure. My, Nicole, I got to first ask you, the Papua New Guinea jungles, what was that like? Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Is a very remote and primitive um, island off the northeast coast of Australia, just to give you a geographic kind of uh, positioning. I was there uh, doing some social anthropology. I uh, was able to live with and interact with the tribal people, sometimes in very remote areas where they had very often not seen people from any kind of um, country other than their own. And so uh, it was very interesting in learning language and 
tribal rituals and various things. So it was an experience unlike any other. I got to ask you, how did you connect with this? How were you able to even have that opportunity? Actually, you know what? It aligns with uh, my early work in my degree. And it was a program that was provided by the school that I attended and where I got my theology degree. Uh, and so their interests were in language learning predominantly. And so I got inserted deep into the jungles of New Guinea and had an incredible experience just learning actually the interaction between human beings, regardless of language or culture, and to find those commonalities where we all connect. Definitely, definitely. No, that must have been an amazing experience. I, I can't imagine. Pretty incredible. Tell me one takeaway, something you learned from that that just stays with you today now that, as you're thinking about it. You know, a very strange situation. I was playing volleyball on a cliff in Hamtai, New Guinea, in the Highlands region. And there was another woman there. We were both early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. She was from New Guinea, did not speak English, but just for a few words. And she approached me at the end of the volleyball game and she said, you're a strong woman. And I just felt like, you know, there's that connection between human beings that transcends all of the garbage that we all put in front of ourselves all the time. And that when you really come down to the level of connecting with another human being, it's on the universals, you know, and I just, I loved that moment because she was an athlete. I was an athlete and we understood each other on that level. And we accepted each other on that level first, which was the ground. So Nicole, tell us why you started Fortitude Careers. You know, it's twofold. One is that I felt like I had reached the end of my tolerance for a corporate experience. I knew my heart was drawing me in a different direction. My life had always been, had elements of serving youth. And it's where I felt my own personal, at my personal best. Additionally, I grew up in a family. Our business was general contracting residential. At the time I graduated from high school, I wanted to carry on the family business. My mother had been a really good example of that. She had led our the family business. And when I went to the counseling office to get the coursework for construction, this was 1984, mind you, so <laughs> that dates me a little bit. But I was told that construction really, we have a construction program, but it's not really for girls. And at the time, it wasn't as appalling as it might sound today. It was like, oh, I didn't realize. Okay, well, I'll go to business instead. But something about that always kind of stayed with me. And not only that, I mean, I stood at 18 not really knowing. I thought construction was where I wanted to go. And when it wasn't available to me, I found myself floundering a bit as to, okay, well, wait a minute, what is my direction? What is, where do I want to go? And I followed the path to business because... In the early 80s, it was, you know, entrepreneur and, and money and, and really, you know, professions had started to elevate to careers and I really wanted something. And so I reached out and grabbed what was close by, which was business. I went through a career in business of 30 years of sales, marketing, negotiations, relationship engagement, all of the things that somebody is sitting at a desk doing right now. And there's no legacy to me there at all, right? It was a mindless, purposeless 
it served the purpose of making money for the organization I worked for, which at the highest level was Dow Jones, uh, Wall Street engagements. And I was left wanting emotionally in every way possible. It was, I knew that career was not for me. And I had such a passion for working with kids. It was when I felt most real was when I was working with young people, young people who were facing challenges and in some way trying to connect with them and helping them to find their way early is something I wished I had had and didn't. Sure. And so maybe just to step into that role and bridge the gap between, I don't know what I want to do with my life, and here's a path where you might find satisfaction. And so we work hard to bring that together and to bring young people who've got challenges, early life challenges, abuse, neglect, uh, the pandemic, right? I mean, they lost two critical years of social and emotional learning and also kind of self-advocacy and self-direction more now than ever before. There's a need for a program that doesn't base it on, on your academic standing. It doesn't base it on anything other than the desire that you have and the need that you have to make a way in this life for yourself. And if we can put them on the path, not just to a career that pays them money, but also to the skills that they need that will help to serve them as a human being in the world, communication skills, relationship skills, self-advocacy, every aspect of that engaging in life in a way that's self-confident and self-directed. I want young people to, to believe they have the ability, regardless of their upbringing, regardless of their circumstances. They believe in themselves and their ability to start a career. And that's what we're all about. And we have seen it in our, the cohorts that we have graduated and in the students that are in careers making fifty dollars and $60,000 a year have happened as a result of this program. I got to believe that's really satisfying because you're working with a group of young people who are often neglected. These are young people who have challenges and issues, not the easiest group to work with. But when you see what they overcome through your patience and the work you're doing, how satisfying must that be for you? My vocabulary is inadequate to give you the words of the actual feeling that it is. And I'll tell you a story that will help you to better understand. So we had a participant who was the first person that we interviewed. In our first cohort, we were in such need of students because the pandemic was preventing us really from getting together with students. Yes. And so the first group of students that we interviewed, we had already decided they were automatically accepted yes. because we needed people in class to be able to have outcomes to all the things that, you know, that, that follow. So this young man sat down in the interview. It was a Zoom interview. And we were just talking about why he was interested in construction and what were the motivators for him to pursue this path. And he said, in not so many words, but he said, look, my objective is to take care of my family. I need to have a career that I know that I can take care of my parents and that I can start a family, that I can can have confidence going forward. And so we went through the interview. We talked about the things that we talk about in the interview about you know, personal responsibility and what they want out of it and kind of what they're willing to do. And in, at the end of the interview, we said to the young man, we'd like to, we'd like to extend the invitation for you to join us at the next cohort. And his hands went up to his face and he turned around away from the camera and he composed himself and he came back and through broken voice. In fact, I still feel the emotion of it today. He said, you have just changed my life. 
And Keith, in that moment, I met him at that level. And I still get chill bumps today telling the story because in that moment, I might have just changed his life, but he changed mine because he trusted us. He understood that this is the pathway. And in the deepest recognition of relief and ambition, he knew he was on the path that has taken him to a beautiful career. And so to have that moment with another human being, to have that, to reach out and have somebody reach back and grab your hand and be like, look, I'll follow you if you'll help me and show me the way. And then I'll take it from there and I'll live confidently. Man, I mean, we've been doing this for two and a half years and still I get emotional every time we make that kind of a connection with somebody who understands the value. This is more than the golden ticket. This is a self-directed step on the path to success in life and in a career. And man, if there is something better out there, somebody better tell me because I don't know what it is. Yeah, This is the greatest thing I could ever do with my life. And you know what? My my business partner and I have been at this for almost three years now, and we've never taken a paycheck. And it doesn't matter because the compensation I get out of this, I mean, it does matter. Don't get me wrong. I still <laughs> need to pay my bills, and I do live in the San Francisco Bay Area. So yes. not easy, let me tell you. No, not at all. I work two jobs in order to be able to do fortitude, to be able to provide promise and hope to those young people who come to us. And so it's compensation isn't all about money. Oftentimes, it's about making those meaningful connections and guiding people to a place where they can take their life and level up. Yeah. I also think it's a big deal. What's not lost on me is that there are a lot of young people, and not just young people, but people who are older, who are not able to get work that pays a living wage. It's, it's very important for us to emphasize this because this could be the difference of them becoming independent or them having to be dependent on parents, on system. It, it is really life-changing, especially when you hear this young man say, hey, you know, I want to take care of my parents and my family. I mean, that there's no better motivation that a human can have than to take care of another person. I, I mean, I, right. everybody can clearly understand that. That's not something we have to wonder like, mm, you know, is that important or what, what does that mean? That means everything, <laughs> you know, that. So it, it, that's why I said it's got to be an amazing feeling to see. How is he doing, by the way? He's amazing. Listen, here's the thing is that he was our top pick. He turned out being our top pick from our class and he is employed and he's happy and he's understanding the path ahead of him. So it's not just, oh, I got a job. We emphasize from the very get-go that you may be employed somewhere and that could be your job. But what we are doing is we are setting you on the course for your career. This is where every step forward is going to be in some way tied to what you've learned here. And that's today. That might be in a year. It might be in 10 years when you're mentoring someone. When you look back down the road and you see someone who's coming up the road and you reach back and you grab their hand and you guide them like we've guided you, right? It's about as much about what you're getting as what you end up giving back. And look, to be a part of that, it, I was in corporate America for 30 years, made six figures. None of that touches the experience of what I have in guiding these young people and giving them hope for a future. I mean, it's incredible. Understood. I got to ask you, because uh, I want to make sure that we are supporting the work you're doing. Do you have any companies that you'd like to partner with that you'd like to mention? Is there companies out there 
you know, maybe yeah, two or three sure. companies that are, that are on your radar. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it bears mentioning that we would not be where we are without the partnership of WebCore Builders here in the Bay Area. They have been with us almost since day one. They found us on Volunteer Match. They offered to volunteer. Suddenly they became a partner, a sustaining partner, a hiring partner. They do our ECCs, which is Exploring Construction Career, a day, a long, a day one day event that students get a chance to explore a, a job site. But we've also, you know, we've explored partnerships with tool manufacturers, uh, DeWalt, Milwaukee. We have been embraced by Hilti Tools, but other tool organizations out there that can help to provide the tools that our, our, our participants need. McCarthy Builders, Turner Construction, Trubeck, those are companies that we have been introduced to that we're looking to help fortify a partnership with. Everything in service to our participants right? Every donation that we get, every hiring partnership that we make, it goes 100% to the benefit of our participants or the growth of our program. And so, you know, if there are people out there who support in any way, connect with the construction industry, we're a place where you can put industry-directed funds into an organization that is turning out employees to help the workforce development. And so there's a wide spectrum of organizations. It would take us all day for me to name everyone. Excellent. Um, but we welcome that for sure. Well, here, here's what we're going to do, Nicole. First and foremost, we're going to make sure that this goes in the notes of the podcast. And so that people who are listening to the podcast and when we do promos for the podcast, will know what, you know, what help or assistance you need. Because again, I want to make sure that we're supporting the great work that you are doing. Talk to me about, you know, can you tell us, I know that you have an event coming up that's coming up, I believe at the end of the month. Can you tell us about this event and how, you know, our audience can support it? Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, actually a couple of things we have actually in January, we're done with events for 2023. We have fundraising, Giving Tuesday that comes up next week, which is a focus on fundraising and on financial support of the organization. So any organization that wants to put money toward a, an industry nonprofit, ours would be a great place for that. In January, we have an ECC, which is Exploring Construction Careers, which is, like I said, a day-long event where our participants get suited up in a hard hat, vest, boots. They go out, they take a look at the job site. They get to see professionals working on site. They'll stop and talk to us, tell us what they're doing, why it's good for them. There's a panel discussion where people tell us about what it is to be in the industry, what it is to come from a troubled background and have a successful future. So that's in January. And then our next cohort starts in February, February 6th. And that's the 10-week program where young adults 18 to 24 can register. They come and spend eight hours a day with us. At the end of that 10-week program, we have hiring partners that will extend offers of employment. At this point, we have 100% of our graduates have been extended offers. 83% have accepted offers. And so, and those that did not accept offers actually went back to school. So every single person who walked through our door looking for a path to their future found it, whether it was to go to school or to go into the industry, 100% of them left our program confident that they were on the path to success. So I want to ask you another question. You know, when you look at construction, you know, and you talked about your history when you were trying to go into construction and they were saying, hey, we don't have women in construction. Obviously, that was years ago. 
but we know the numbers are not great for women and minorities. How do we get more women? How do we get more minorities in, in construction, increase diversity? You know, we're faced with that challenge, especially here in the Bay Area. And it kind of even further fractures into those who are college bound and those who are not. In the Bay Area, it's tech is king. And the fact is, is that nobody sits in those tech soft tech offices unless construction has been there before them to build the office for them to carry out the business that they're doing. And so, you know, I think, first of all, it's highlighting, it's removing that stigma of construction is blue collar, construction is, you know, it's something less than. It's not less than. And nobody functions in this world without construction, right? We don't have homes to live in. We don't have restaurants to eat in. Nothing gets carried out without construction. And to build that pride in this industry and in the work that's being done, and that it's an honorable, hardworking career, you know, emphasizing that, being welcoming, breaking down some of the stigma, even within the industry, that women are welcome and that diversity is of on the forefront. We hold that to be true. We only partner with organizations and companies who hold to a strong DEI process. And so we would never put our graduates into an environment where they might encounter any kind of discrimination of any kind. Sure. So we do the work no, ahead that's of good them, to know. right? As no, far I appreciate as, that. as just the general pop population is just to reemphasize that, that construction is a very honorable and lucrative position, career option available to them. No, that's good. Can you share some resources that anybody interested in construction can check out? Because it's always good for people to do their research, to learn more about the industry, if this is a profession they're considering. What would you recommend as resources that they could go look up, whether it's a website, an organization, any sort of resource? I'm going to give a plug, a little bit of a plug to a new resource that we have found. Now, we have a proprietary curriculum. So we have created everything from the ground up with a hundred different curriculum designers and developers so that our objectives are being carried out through our curriculum. For people who aren't in the Bay Area, can't participate in our program, there's actually a, a program out there called Interplay. And it's a brand new way of training for basic skills in the construction industry. They even will incorporate VR into their process. So if you're interested in being an electrician, but you don't have a job site where you can go and practice your skills, you could actually mm -hmm. put on a VR headset and function as if you are in a room laying out wire and connecting boxes and actually functioning in the role while you're learning, which is incredible. And it's embracing new technology. And I mean, it's awesome. Other places where people can go are the union office. I mean, the union are, are desperate for new labor and have resources in abundance for people to follow that path if that's the way, if that's their direction, if that's what they're interested in. We also provide a path in our program to a union experience, which differs somewhat from a non-union, right? And so that would be my advice would be to look up the programs that are out there that are doing pre-apprenticeship training, skill building in construction. There are a million different websites. Mike Rowe has got a phenomenal website. It's called Micro Works. And they teach about ethics in the construction industry and how do you put yourself into that industry upholding ethics and, and a proper work ethic and that you benefit your employer as well as yourself. So there are a number of different resources. Those are a few that we have as go-tos. And of course, you know, we're available for people. Definitely. Sorry, can you name those resources one more time for folks listening? Yeah, 
Absolutely. If you could name some of the organizations. Sure. Interplay is the tool that teaches specific skills to mm-hmm. individuals who don't have a program to go to like what we're offering. Excellent. The unions all have avenues toward a career in the industry, whether it's plumbing, sheet metal, drywall, carpentry, electrical, you name it. There's an avenue to a career through a union affiliation. And then also uh, local resources. We work with the Department of Rehabilitation. We work with the Department of Education. Both are pathways to get to programs like what we offer. They partner with us so that they can provide a pathway to us. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. we're, we, yes, we work with the sense. Department of Rehabilitation. They send us their consumers. We train them and yes. put them into jobs. So Excellent. 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 No, I get it. Totally get it. Final question. What's next for Fortitude Careers? What what does the future look like for you guys? What do you envision down the road? (laughs) So my business partner, Patty, she's the minder of our group, right? So she gets a little crazy when I start to get a little dreamy, right? But if I gave you my dream of where we're headed, I see a national organization. I see us in every impoverished neighborhood, reaching out to young people who don't have a promise of a future and touching their lives and changing their directions. Immediately, we are also working, like I said, with the Department of Rehabilitation, the Department of Education, to provide training to young adults who are interested in electrical specifically because California is leading the way in mandating that electric-powered vehicles are the only ones that will be sold after 2035. Well, if you if you look down the paths from that mandate, there's going to need to be EV chargers. There's going to be need to be technicians managing those chargers. All of that infrastructure needs to be in place. And so we are starting an electrical specific cohort to do the early training in electrical understanding. So you understand the terms, the public, the vocabulary, the requirements, all of the groundwork, foundational information for electricians, for water management uh, professionals. Uh, And that's a little bit of a diversion from our construction focus, but it's in that same wheelhouse, right? And so for the short term- I was wondering, as you were saying, I was listening, I was thinking more uh, electricians, but you're right, it all could fall under construction because you actually have to build a, a charging station. So that is construction, you're building something. Well, and people don't realize every time something's built. Yes, exactly right. Exactly. And here's the thing is that for every individual who pursues a EV charging station electrical career, it's one less person that might have been exploring an electrical career for construction. And so we continue to train for both so that they have knowledge in the construction end of things for electrical and could also pursue either an install or a electrician or a technician or a service person, anything to get them into making the money that goes into their pocket that helps to sustain their lives. Excellent. Speaking of money, quick shout out, what kind of salaries are folks making coming out of your programs? Yeah. So our youngest participant was 17 and he was handpicked by our partner WebCore and he will start working for them making $57,000 a year straight out of the gate That's turns 18 money. he's making 57k day one That's now great money. That's it gets great better money. because he's going he they are sponsoring him into an apprenticeship program where every level up he does in the apprenticeship program he makes more money 
And in four years, he will be debt-free, no student debt, and he'll be making around $100,000 a year. That's amazing. It's amazing at 22. It's better than any path in corporate America because you come out of it without student debt and you come out of it with an enormously rewarding career. And you don't have to sit in a Zoom meeting or you don't have to sit behind a desk. You get to get out and make things happen, build things. Yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for being a guest. Please share how people can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Our website is www.fortitudecareers.org. You can forward slash to apply. You can also forward slash donate if you want to contribute to our program. Please do. Nicole, thank you so much for your time, and I wish you continued success. Keith, thanks so much for all you're doing to help support these industries and the skills skill building as well. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.